Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who was to guide those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation become desolate. And the lot fell on Matthias, and he was enrolled with the eleven apostles. We don't have a lot of reference to Matthias, our saint for this day, our apostle for this day. In Scripture, he pops up by name just in that brief section after the demise of Judas. And as the apostles wait in that space between the ascension and the day of Pentecost, and I come back again and again to thinking about just that interesting time Now, they're waiting for Jesus, but there's something more going on. For one thing, there's a great expectancy in them, something that wasn't there when they lost him on the cross, when he went away that first time, where whatever he said beforehand, they really didn't know what to make of it. Watching him battered and crucified, lost to them beyond any human hope, the sense that they moved into a blackness that was the waiting, but it's the waiting for you don't know what, for what more can happen in your lives. But now they've met him risen from the dead. Now they've been with him on and off for those 40 days, and he's gone up, and he's left them with that promise. You know, I'm sending you out to the ends of the earth, but wait. Wait in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for that power from on high. And we say that there's a whole different quality to what's going on in their lives at that point, the sense of expectancy. If Jesus said these things, we know he means them. They're not just these puzzling words about going away and coming back, about suffering and dying and rising on the third day. But now they understand that whatever he promises, he will fulfill. But I regularly have come to reflect on the difference of the idea of waiting for him and waiting on him. We use the language kind of interchangeably, but they're not just waiting for him to do something in the way that we so often wait, where we kill time. We're waiting for someone to show up. We can get impatient. We think a lot about our inconvenience when somebody is tarrying too long. But when we think about waiting upon people, we think about things in the service industries, we think about in a restaurant, if you're a clerk in a store, when you're waiting on someone in that service way, you're attending to the needs of that person. The focus isn't on you and the waiting, it's on the other person and what's needed. And my sense is very much that in this period, they aren't just waiting for the promise of Jesus They are waiting upon him. What is it that we need to do to be faithful in this time? We don't know when this promise is coming, but what do we need to do to get ready for it? And that key at this stage is that there were 12 apostles, and they understand the number 12 as really significant for Israel and for what God is doing in fulfilling the things of law and prophets. We need the twelve, and they look back to the scripture, back into the Psalms. Well, there's good precedent here. We need to find another to take up his office. Who is it to be? And 
I often look at this story and think, well, they do everything they can, humanly speaking. They, they check out, well, who qualifies? We need someone who can bear witness to the resurrection, who didn't just come in at the end, who hasn't just been convinced since Jesus was raised from the dead, but someone who followed him from the beginning. Those who were there from the baptism of John to his going up. And they come up with the two names. I actually think that um, we've got Joseph Barsabbas. I think there's a, a spelling error in, in that name, Barsabbas, because um, it looks like a son of a father, but it's, that's not the derivation of, the, of his name. It's, a, it's a, different, a different form, a different Aramaic background to it. Um, but Matthias. Matthias is the other one. I'll come back to a comment on his name in a minute, but the two of them, they meet the qualification. They're both good, godly, upstanding men. They're good witnesses to the gospel. And we need to pray about this. And some of you have heard me speak of this one at some length before, that they cast lots at this point, whatever their form of doing that was. I'm convinced that that's the last time that they used casting of lots to determine the Lord's will afterwards, although others would argue with me about that. I actually was reading an Eastern text that suggested that when they were sending out the apostles, even after Pentecost, that they were casting lots for who would go where. I just, as I read the book of Acts, I am conscious that they, they fast and they pray and they listen and they wait. And I don't think that we're supposed to just be looking for majority votes and lot casting to find the Lord's will. I think we can actually learn to hear his voice. I believe that's a far better precedent. St. Paul is fairly clear in his first letter to the Corinthians that a gift to the body of Christ is the mind of Christ. He's the head of the body. When filled with the Holy Spirit, they become his body, and there's just a different kind of attentiveness to his voice. But that could be explored again at greater length another time, and even within our common life together. I think about Matthias, though. I say that he's just mentioned at this point. He becomes number 12, and then we don't hear about him again. Well, we haven't heard about him before, not by name. Though if you follow the traditions, it's quite interesting. First, there are those who say that he was among the number of the 70 or 72 that the Lord sent out when he was sending out the disciples two by two in missionary adventures. Well, that's likely the case because those would have been those who were with him already, who were faithful witnesses. So, of course, Matthias is among that number, probably Joseph Barsabbas as well. Um, Usually it's thought that Barnabas, and there are others that are picked up that way. There's also interesting tradition, though, that connects him with Nathaniel, and the figure that we're not sure quite where he fits, but others have lined up Nathaniel with Bartholomew. And that's probably a more natural connection, and that's stronger in the tradition. However, Eusebius, the 4th century Christian historian, refers to Matthias interchangeably with Ptolemy. 
And the name Bartholomew means son of Ptolemy. And I talk about what Ptolemy means. I've reflected on that one before, but um, is it possible that we've got a family connection in that one? Well, that's not all that there is, because when you go back to St. Clement of Alexandria, who has some interesting things to say about a lot of the traditions, even the writing of the letter to the Hebrews, among other things, uh, he says that, in fact, Matthias was originally known as Zacchaeus, the little tax collector who climbed the tree. You probably all know one of those children's stories, or maybe you know a, a, a song about Zacchaeus, the, the little guy who can't see over the crowds, but he's a chief tax collector, and when Jesus is coming, he climbs up in the sycamore tree so he can see him, and as Jesus comes along, he says, Zacchaeus, come on down. Tonight I'm going to dine at your place. He's picked off, but the response of Zacchaeus to turn absolutely to the Lord, where he's made his his wealth, he's prepared to repay double anyone he is, he is defrauded along the way. The sense of a tax collector who has been turned, well, then there's the interesting thought. Matthias, that's from the, the Hebrew Mattathias, uh, gift of the Lord. Very strong name in Hebrew, but it's also the root of the name Matthew. And Matthew, of course, comes as the tax collector and we have him identified also as Levi. And is there more going on in connections than we imagine? Well, that's in the tradition. Who is this figure? Well, we don't know for sure. But somebody who's been involved in the life of the, and ministry of Jesus all along. I say we don't hear much about him directly afterwards in Scripture, but most of the apostles we don't. We don't know from just the scriptural account where they went afterwards. They were dispersed far and wide after the martyrdom of Stephen in particular. We do have traditions around Matthias and his ministry thereafter, that he was one who went through Judea and on up into Cappadocia, someplace around things of the Black Sea and up further. They claim to have relics of his in Georgia, there is a strong tradition that says that he was one who, who preached very much a mortification of the flesh or a willingness to suffer and went into rather extreme places. They say he was among cannibals along the line, but his focus always being on the things of heaven. And it's bizarre. I've looked at things of Messiah, Matthias, well, of the Messiah too, but of Matthias over the years. And This is the first time that I was confronted by him being the patron saint of of alcoholics and, and carpenters, among others, tailors as well, but all bound up with this idea of an availability to those who suffer from addictions. It's one who believed that there's a way of of offering these things up to the Lord, one who wants to walk alongside and help in carrying all of those things to see the Lord glorified in the spiritual life, but a life that is to permeate the things of the flesh as well. I often think of of how many of those who struggle with their own weaknesses have quite a witness to offer to others. Not always because they've, they've found the complete healing in that, often because their ongoing struggle does reach out 
to those who themselves are struggling and at times feel really without hope. Waiting upon the Lord, the sense that as Matthias goes out, wherever he goes, that part continues. That it's not just about waiting for the day of Pentecost, but a waiting on the Lord in all things, going out to look for how to serve him and those to whom he goes, those to whom he sent. Always when we think about the waiting upon, we think about the diaconal ministry. We think about those who were actually being set aside to do the the menial service, to free up the apostles to preach the word of God, to be about the ministry of prayer. And yet, I regularly note that those who are set aside to be deacons, they've got to be men who are full of the Holy Spirit, whose witness is strong amongst the people. And we read about Stephen and Philip in particular who go out and are so strong in their witness to the gospel that there's opposition that comes, that Stephen is martyred because of that, because of souls that are converted by his ministry. And always worth remembering that though the deacons were set aside to free up the apostles, Every bishop who comes into apostolic ministry is first a deacon and then a priest and then a bishop. He never stops being a deacon. Every priest is first a deacon. Every pope is first a deacon. That wonderful idea of the, the title for the pope as the servant of the servants of God. Those who look to wait upon the Lord in, in the smallest, in the least, in whatever circumstance. Just going back and noting that two years ago, it was actually St. Matthias's day was on the day traditionally of the, the March for Life. And because of the circumstances at that point, there was no physical March for Life. Well, we're two days out this time. But the recollection to the day itself and a focus that is on the upholding of the importance of every human life, every human soul before God from conception all the way through to natural death. To celebrate St. Matthias this day and his ministry in the Lord, we celebrate one who has turned with all of his faculties to Jesus, has given them all over, and is a light in the darkness then to those who often are without any hope in this world, who seem to be the smallest and the least of these, the brethren of Jesus. But as the Lord says, when you do the right things to these, the least of my brethren, you do them unto me. So we might once more pray for that grace in our own lives to truly wait upon the Lord in all things that we might bear the good fruits of his kingdom, that we with his whole communion of saints might be gathered in that fellowship that bears witness, that is his light to the ends of the world. Now with all of the apostles, and particularly this day, St. Matthias, apostle and martyr, let us truly wait upon Jesus. St. Matthias, martyr of the Lord, Pray for us.